Are shadows actually demonic versions of ourselves? Is Twitter sucking our souls out through our fingertips? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Life. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. I am your host for this week's episode, Rory Powers, joined by my paranormal pal and co-investigator, Kit Greer. That's right, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That Twitter one felt very close to home. It did, yeah, yeah. You know when the Nazi drinks out of the wrong cup in Indiana Jones? Uh-huh. I opened the wrong app, and every day it sucks <laughs> a little more of my life out of my fingertips. <laughs> On today's podcast, I got an absolute banger. For this week, that is very strong words. I'm so excited to you cover this. You have the gall to say that after the hairy hands. Of <laughs> no, I said the where, bar. Where was it? <laughs> That's not a good point, by the way. If you can't remember <laughs> a key fact from the last week's it, it episode, it was amazing. Aside from the location, right? It was very forgettable in that regard. Well, I can tell you right now, you're not going to forget crap about this episode because <laughs> it's going to burn itself into your memory. Go on. On today's podcast, I'm going to throw us backwards in history. All the way back to the 19th century. <laughs> Not as far as you were I was expecting, expecting further, uh-huh. weren't you? Especially because you told me the premise of the podcast before we started, and it's anyway. <laughs> if you could suspend your disbelief for just a second, the 19th century was a great time for growth, for exploration, and the pursuit of knowledge. And during this time, archaeologists from Europe would travel the world, Indiana Jones style, searching for relics and wonders, and to learn about ancient civilizations. Hell yeah! And well, what civilization was more interesting than the Egyptians? Oh my god, are you kidding me? What child, like, read about the Egyptians and wasn't obsessed? Didn't want to grow up to become a mummy. That's right. (laughs) I, for one, begged to be killed the day I read about the Egyptians just so I could be buried in a pyramid. Uh I grabbed a butter knife off the table and said, let me go now. I want to have a tomb. My mother, a stuck-up little heathen, (laughs) refused to let me die. (laughs) You told your mother, mummy, I want to be a mummy. (laughs) And she got me a freaking doll for Christmas. And I had to see a freaking psychiatrist. I love the idea of me going to the uh, the therapist and like talking to my mother, just like, we're just going to have a word with them and see how bad the, the problem really is. Rory, could you come in here? That's Pharaoh Powers. Oh, Jesus Christ. You don't have to walk sideways. We're not in a 2D hieroglyphic scene. You're, you're doing the mummy dance. <laughs> doing the mummy dance, yeah. Covered you head to toe in toilet how paper. They walked. <laughs> Did you shit on that paper? <laughs> like the mummies. <laughs> so like, confused. Why is he so obsessed with Egyptian culture when he clearly has zero understanding of it? Okay. So at the time, and somewhat today, Egyptians were a mysterious and incredibly advanced civilization. Uh huh. So in the 19th century, archaeologists from Europe traveled all the way to sandy Egypt to examine, in brackets, mostly steel, artifacts from the early Egyptians. They were slightly rude the way they went about it back then. I know here, you know, as much as we want to think archaeologists are as noble as Indiana Jones, most of them are greedy little hoarders. Uh huh. It was very much go over there, smash down walls. Grab what you can. They were basically going. little goblins in suits and mustaches, <laughs> exactly. to be honest with <laughs> goblins you. with whips. <laughs> Gobliana Jones. I think we've struck upon something very important <laughs> today. 
<laughs> Gobliana Jones, half it goblin, half whip. It must all have been all Tomb Raider, <laughs> all Lara Croft. <laughs> if you think nah, yes, we have the whole like retrospect of yeah, it's cool. You know, we know that they buried their dead with all sorts of fantastic jewels, right, and everything. And and now we, you know, we have the intelligence to put it in a in a in the British Museum and take our kids there on school trips. Back then, those guys must have thought they found El Dorado. Exactly. They were like, we could just stay here forever. Yeah. We might be able to go to the afterlives ourselves right now. No one wants to put El Dorado in a museum. That's right. They want to live on the Golden Mountains forever. Mm-hmm. That's just, I, I can understand it, is what I think we're both trying to say. Yeah. If there was a tomb right outside my house, we would raid it. Oh my second. God. We're not saying we're better than these goblin people. <laughs> I saw you raiding the bin on the way into the house. Oh, yeah. You guys throw out the craziest stuff. It's fantastic. (laughs) You mean the food tubes. (laughs) Well, during their time in Egypt, they made some amazing discoveries, all right? They explored deep tombs and learned about the lives of the early Egyptians. But that's not only the reason some of them were there. You see, many of these archaeologists knew that the Egyptian pharaohs, as we said, were buried in lavish tombs Mm -hmm. surrounded by gold and riches discovering an untouched tomb at this time would be life-changing. You'd discover a priceless Egyptian artifact and maybe even a couple souvenirs. (laughs) If you you catch my dick. It's not the turn of phrase. (laughs) But there's one problem. Uh The early dynastic period... (laughs) The early dynastic period in Egypt when the early... When the early... (laughs) This is a tough sentence. The early dynastic period in Egypt when early pharaohs served started around 3100 BC. Oh my Jesus. And since that time, the great periods... (laughs) (laughs) The great periods of Egypt where the rivers ran red with goddamn period. (laughs) This is so difficult. (laughs) (laughs) And since that time, the great pyramids and tombs of Egypt have been raided by robbers and thieves, leaving nothing of worth behind. But there was a legend, a legend of an almost unknown king whose tomb remained undiscovered and therefore untouched. Let's go. In 1891, a young Englishman named Howard Carter was obsessed with this legend. Sounds like a goblin to me. (laughs) Straight up Gobliana Jones. He was convinced that this undiscovered tomb not only existed, but that he could find it. Wow. Carter sounds like a bit of a badass. He does. He's ready to take this legend by the horns and wrestle it into submission. Absolutely. So all he needs to do is to find someone who would financially back his bullshit (laughs) research. (laughs) So he approached the very wealthy... I'm, I've been dreading saying this guy's name. <laughs> okay. Lord Carnarvon. Carney. Okay. I will call him Carney. That's, yeah. th- that'll make things so much easier. Wouldn't this be so weird if you were Carter and you go to this insanely rich man who I guess funds all these different projects? Yeah. And you're like, I have a proposal for you, sir. I am going to travel to Egypt. Okay. And dig around in the sand. Uh-huh. To find uh-huh. the undiscovered tomb of a pharaoh king that may not exist. <laughs> it sounds like a shitty idea. <laughs> now take a goblin snack and be gone with you. <laughs> Whatever he said, it worked. 
Carney Jesus. agreed to fund his research, and that was all Carter needed. Next stop, Egypt. Hell yeah, free holiday for this guy. He grabbed his whip, his gun, his grave robbing equipment, <laughs> and he set sail. So Carter starts his research for five solid years. Holy he searched, shit. He searched in Egypt and found nothing. Oh my god. How much conviction do you have to have? You know whenever you lose like a single sock? And then you're kind of right. looking on your bedroom. If I don't find that thing within five minutes, and I know it exists. Yeah, if I don't exactly. find it in five minutes, I'm done. Sock's dead to me. I'm moving <laughs> on to the next thing. I'm going out to work barefoot. Not even that. He's got to telegraph home to Carney and explain after five years. Yeah. So how is the search going for the Pharaoh's tomb? Well, it's only been three years, so we're only really scratching the surface, but I would say... <laughs> It's actually been five, Carter. Oh, is that so? <laughs> He's got, like, Egyptian babes on his lap, yeah. smoking fat hookers out in the desert. <laughs> well, it hardly feels like I've been here a minute. Just like, I don't know if you know a lot about sand, but uh, <laughs> after long periods of time, it, it seems to bury objects <laughs> quite deeply beneath it. So obviously, Carney calls him back to England in 1922 to tell him, is bullshit. He's cancelling the funding. He's a hack. He's wasted money. You're He's wasted time. You're going to prison for this, actually. <laughs> You've robbed me, sir. Not only are you not going to El Dorado, you're going to the opposite of El Dorado. You're going to Rock City <laughs> for this. He goes to Rock City and discovers the ancient tomb of the Rock Pharaohs. No! no! <laughs> Carney gets no credit. But, obviously, Carter still believes the tomb is out there. So... He sits him down and he's like, listen, listen Carney, you got to cut me some slack here, man. <laughs> Give me another year. Give me one more chance, baby. I can change. Send uh-huh. me out there. Look, Egypt is sandy as shit. <laughs> it's hard to find stuff. There's sand in my eyes. There's sand in my ears. All I taste is sand. It's not even fun. So... Carney decides to give him one last chance. Oh my God, this guy's ridiculous. Carter returns to Egypt... This time, <laughs> first class ticket. Yeah. That's right. Stupid motherfucker. <laughs> I'm still in the room. I'm still in the room, Carter. Wait till you leave. That Carney bitch will believe anything you goddamn tell him. You know, I'm standing right here, Carter. Hmm? <laughs> Sorry, sand in my ears. <laughs> it's very sandy. Why are you shouting? So he heads back out to Egypt, allegedly this time with a yellow canary, which I guess is lucky. He thought would be lucky. <laughs> I don't think this guy knows shit about birds or Egypt. This is miraculous. This guy's alive. (laughs) So he begins working again, desperately trying to find some sort of evidence to justify his research funding. Uh But again, he turns up with no results. Jesus. That is, until November 4th. Uh As Carter's workmen excavated the ruins of Egypt, they discovered a step randomly placed in the rubble. Hmm, odd, right? So they dug a little deeper, and they stumbled upon a few more steps. Mm-hmm. More steps led to more steps, mm-hmm. and it wasn't long before they led down to an ancient doorway. Oh, shit. One that appeared to still be sealed. Of course. And on that doorway was carved a name. The name Tutankhamen. <gasps> oh, shit, here this we go, This was... 
it. So did anyone know about Tutankhamun at that point? I think there were mentions of him. Yeah, there's, uh, there's kind of like a lineage or something. Yeah, exactly, that there was a gap of uh, missing uh, Pharaoh's ruling. Because mm-hmm. uh, we'll get onto a little bit later, but okay. he did not rule for long. <laughs> this little Pharaoh king, this little Needless boy. To say. So Carter runs home. Because now he can finally telegram Carney and tell him he's actually found something. Yeah. But when he arrives home, his servant is standing by the doors, clutching a handful of yellow feathers. With fear in his eyes, he said the canary was eaten by a cobra. What? Yeah. Oh my god. I think that worker ate the canary is what I'm saying. He's in the desert. He's hungry as shit. This guy's a hack. He's not paying him a dime. There's a fresh canary on the list. Exactly. Mr. Servant, your mouth is covered in barbecue sauce. Uh, yeah, uh, I ate the snake after it ate the bird. It was a revenge eating. Now, this was considered a horrible sign. Because in history, pharaohs would wear golden cobras on their heads, called uraeus. It would give power to the ruler and protect the pharaoh. They even said it would protect them by spitting fire on their enemies. Jesus Christ. So don't with cobras that might have been a baby one it's like all those guys there it went for the canary yeah exactly well can a cobra kill a man yeah can it kill a man is it po- uh, is a cobra poisonous i don't know will i find out yeah can a cobra kill a man i don't know how to respond to that you coy diva you little snake <laughs> Jesus google Christ. search can a cobra kill a man Okay, I found this on the web for Can I Cobra Killamash. <laughs> Killamash? Okay, I'm gonna have to Google it. The amount of neurotoxin that a king cobra can emit in one bite is enough to kill 20 people or one <laughs> elephant. Oh my god! Jesus Christ. So this canary must have exploded. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. The amount of poison injected into it with one bite. Yeah, way, way to like hit a nail with a sledgehammer. Well, look. Carter is a sensible man, and he says to make sure the snake is out of the house. And that's it, really. He doesn't care much. Okay. Uh, But allegedly the servant, aware of Mr. Carter's excavation, cried out, You must not disturb the tomb! (laughs) Why are you yelling? This is the first you've said about it all day. Send him the ears! (laughs) We all have it! (laughs) Roar, 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 sand in the mouth. Roar, girl. (laughs) Carter dismisses the warning He doesn't give a crap He sends a telegram to Carney Telling him he needs to journey to Egypt immediately He's made a discovery So it's not long before Carney arrives in Egypt And they both make their way back to the tomb So Carter enters the first part The outer sections of the tomb He can tell this part had been entered and robbed before Oh But by the looks of it it was probably hundreds and hundreds of years ago, most likely years after the tomb uh, had been sealed. So quite uh, recently, uh, yes, while yes, yes. Egypt was still up and thriving. Grave robbing knows no age. It's timeless. It's a timeless activity. Absolutely. The grave robbed when Jesus was around. We do it all the time now. Absolutely. I mean, How do you think we got these microphones? You see, whenever... We pawned teeth. <laughs> Sorry, I, was just, I wanted to make sure that no one got lost. I, I, I'm like quite a low-level uh, grave robber. I mostly just steal the flowers that people leave for their loved ones. <laughs> it's sort of right. the morally lowest form of grave robbing and well, also the financial low point of grave robbing also. It is pretty low. Yeah. I would say that. I'm, I'm a grave robber in training. <laughs> I rob the living now. 
while they're still here. Uh, but one day I'm hoping to make it to Graves, which is ironically easier. I've started on the harder one. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a victimless crime, huh? Yeah, exactly. You, you don't need it where you're going. No. And do you think a little skeleton in the ground is going to mace you in the eyes when you try <laughs> like, and I mean, take its little skeleton purse? It seems to have been a recent ma- macing for you. Yeah. Your eyes are bloodshot as all hell. No, that's the sand. Oh, I thought we established this. It's the sand. <laughs> Carter approached the seal to the inner tomb. This was the moment he'd been waiting for. All those years of searching. Here we go. He didn't want to wait any longer. Using his tools, he carefully made a hole in the door, just big enough for him to lean into with a candle. Lord Carney asked, Can you see anything? (laughs) And this is when Carter said his most famous line that he is known for. He replied, Yes, wonderful things. Wow. Which is, that's a pretty cool line to be known for. Yeah, like, when have you ever, like, said something like that? Like, that's so, so uh, genuine, like, yeah. excitable. When I pass away, it's going to be Roy Powers known for such phrases as, don't mace my eyes. <laughs> that's not your purse. Which is, you it's know, that's stuff purse, I didn't want your to purse. <laughs> So the tomb was opened, and inside Carter and his crew discovered a huge store of over 5,000 different treasures, including trumpets, why? I'm sorry. Is there something funny about that? I didn't know the gift the of ancient, music. <laughs> I didn't know that ancient Egyptians had jazz. Yes, they did. Oh, have you ever heard of Pharaoh Sachmo? No, of course not. Pharaoh Miles Davis, <laughs> known putting... for such executive orders as Take Five. <laughs> they also found wine. Wow. Problem with that. So like, You're fine with wine or trumpets. No, because people have been drinking wine for like literally tens of years. How long a trump how long you think trumpets been around for? I don't know. You ever heard of when the king comes to town? Isn't a trumpet made of <laughs> like what? When, they, when the king comes. Uh, yeah, they're like a trumpet. There you go. Egyptians had metal, I guess. Yeah, I mean they were super advanced. To, to craft trumpets. One of one of the things they found in his tomb, which is so cool is a dagger that people believe was actually carved from the stone of a meteorite. Oh, shit. Yeah, like they like they understood that. Like, yeah, so they were crazy. insanely advanced. Wow. Uh, also, they had uh, very nice decorative arrows, nice linen underwear, <laughs> lots, of different, <laughs> lots of different items. I mean, people may balk at linen underwear, but people that would laugh at that have never worn linen underwear. Yeah. It is the next generation in underwear technology. It is both cool in summer and warm in winter people you you get your basic underwear Uh you get your cotton underwear Uh then you get your linen underwear designed for a pharaoh's dick (laughs) and that stuff is the softest softest material you've ever felt in your life anyway this episode brought to you by me undies (laughs) new new pharaoh rage rage. ever wanted sand in your ass crack (laughs) get the new me undies pharaoh range (laughs) Very ancient, very sandy, very premium, very MeUndies order today. Use the coupon code Trumpets and Wine, fifty percent off. It's made of a substance three times more sandy than cotton, also known as freaking Saharan sand. It's sand. It's, it's sand. It's sand. all sand. You put on your jeans and pour sand in them. All right. <clears throat> 
Lots of different items. Lots of beautiful treasures. There's also a rumor that Carter found a tablet with a curse inscribed on it, but he has since denied that. <laughs> it, it was kind of ruining the buzz of the whole day. Yeah. The curse slab. Yeah. Everyone was like, um... Do you want to take a... Wait, there's something I think you should. He's, like, trying on, like, the Pharaoh's helmet. <laughs> trying on his linen underwear. He's like, I think you should... Nah, Look, I'm nah, teabagging we'll to, the mummy. <laughs> I really think you should read this. They find lots of amazing things. Apparently not a cursed slab. But along with these treasures, Carter also discovered a giant stone sarcophagus. The sarcophagus contained three <laughs> For sure gold, not for Three on. gold coffins nested within each other. Wow. I guess like those Russian dolls, where it's like yeah. the case, then the smaller, then the smaller. Yeah. So we opened them up, and inside the third and final coffin was a MILF. A I'm mummy sorry. I'd like to find. <laughs> the MILF of Boy King. Please don't call it that. <laughs> the- Milf Tutankhamun the third the milf of boy king pharaoh Tutankhamun I like I like to think that people tuned out for where he described that acronym then tuned back in and just spat their coffee everywhere Carter was floored the tomb he'd been searching for all of these years was finally found that's insane but he noticed on the beautiful golden mask of the Milf Tutankhamun was a golden cobra. Much like the cobra that ate his canary the he day they found had, it. Had a tattoo in his forearm f canaries. <laughs> <laughs> so they work a long time after this, carefully removing all of the artifacts from the tomb. Mm-hmm. Carter was now responsible for one of mankind's greatest historical discoveries. Can you imagine what's running through your head? I get kind of bummed out that these days, you know, there's not really much that we can explore That's like, right. left in this world. I mean, that being said, they do, did just use freaking laser beams to find a secret chamber I in did, a pyramid. I saw that headline and I didn't read it. What I mean, happened? that's it. That's, yeah. that's not clickbait. They literally essentially x-rayed a pyramid yeah. and found a huge chamber that's never been broken into before. Oh, shit. So I think it's... There might now be another the... goddamn MILF. Yeah, there could, be, there could be a whole uh, cave of MILFs. <laughs> a MILF chamber. Mummies I'd like to find in the chamber. <laughs> I know what you mean. And because because back then, no one had any goddamn manners. There was right. these Gobliana Jones running around. Yeah. Messing up the place. These days, you can't just, like, sail across the world with a whip and a bag for loot. Exactly. Just, just start you get killing turned natives. around at customs. Absolutely. <laughs> you can't get a whip on an airplane. I've tried. <laughs> I once duct taped a bunch of extension cords together to fasten a whip. They didn't even let me through freaking Gatwick. It's ridiculous. Was sitting in a McDonald's trying to fashion a whip out of straws. You know when you nip them and put them together into a big straw? Yeah. <laughs> Except I try to swing across a canyon with that shit. <laughs> Not as sturdy as the whip. When you inevitably fall in the river below, it's good for like a scuba. A makeshift. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A quick a oxygen snorkel. retrieval device. Uh-huh. Carter was now responsible for one of mankind's greatest historical discoveries and Lord Carney had funded it. We got two very happy dudes here. That's crazy. That's a crazy ROI. You know, he all his fat cat friends that are like squirreling money away in, in little ices and yeah. like savings accounts. And he's like, bitch, I invested in a goddamn MILF. Yes. 
Next time he goes to one of his like gentlemen's club meetups where they go and sit around, drink whiskeys, wearing a golden mask with a cobra on the top. Lord Carter, I really don't think Pharaoh Carter. It doesn't make you a pharaoh. It doesn't make you a pharaoh. That's milf Carter to you, boy. Definitely not a milf. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Rory, what's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Like, run a bath, call a friend on the phone. Ooh, an extra hour. Mm. Probably plot revenge. What? Plot revenge against my enemies. Okay, sure, well... I'd start with Keith. Well, like Rory... Oh, just saying his name! (laughs) A lot of us wish we had more time. But if we had it, what would we use it for? In life, the best way to feel like we have time is to prioritise what's most important to us and make time for it. Therapy can be a great way of looking inward and setting those priorities. Hey, I've got a priority, brother. Priority mailing this bag of dog poop to Keith's front door. Honestly, prioritise literally anything else. Therapy can help you gain life skills, set boundaries and communicate better. Well, I would like to communicate some thoughts to Keith. If you're thinking about trying therapy, though, why not start with BetterHelp? It's all online, so it fits beautifully around your lifestyle. All you gotta do is fill out a questionnaire and kablam. They match you with a licensed therapist, which you can, of course, change at any time. You can learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Thanks, BetterHelp. (laughs) So, around several weeks or so after the tomb was entered... Lord Carney was shaving when he accidentally cut a mosquito bite on his neck. No big deal. No biggie. Well, soon his health worsened. <laughs> and worsened oh, until no. one morning they found him dead. Shut up. What? Carney died. Of the cut or the mosquito bite? I think it was the bite that got cut by the razor that then became infected. Right. And eventually led to his death. Interesting. Or the curse of the MILF. It's still up for debate. One or the other. One or the other. I mean, this is what we're going to be investigating in this podcast. I, did, I watched a movie the other day that was set around like the, like the early 1900s. And documentary. S- and someone yes. got... Was it a documentary? I'm not talking about the same story. <laughs> you don't have to be so defensive. And the mummies were real in, the, in your show? No mummies, to be fine. It was about explorers, actually. Right. And yeah, someone got a cut in the wilderness... And it was like, the the big thing was like, it's this is like a life or death situation. You've got a cut and you're in the freaking jungle. Like you, you might die. And I had to look up when was like penicillin. Like you just figure you can rub antiseptic on it or whatever. Yeah. But like when were like antibiotics invented? They were only invented in like the 20s or something like that. Yeah. It's like back then there was like shit all medicine. Action movies are very misleading. Yes. I... I, I you know, I would think if I go out into the jungle and I get a, a cut in the rainforest, I can 
Rambo style, take off my headband, mm-hmm. uh, tie it around my arm, pull the cork out of a bottle of uh, whiskey, mm-hmm. and like pour it on the wound and be like, have may- a couple swigs. Yeah, to make maybe it even take out a lighter, like light the wound on fire, yeah. like light the whiskey, yeah. burn up the wound. Reality is, I'm dead. I burnt my arm with the lighter. <laughs> you started crying, <laughs> got dehydrated. I mean, yeah, like like shows like Game of Thrones, like supposed to be set like in medieval times. The first unprotected sex they had, they got syphilis and died. Okay? I mean, I don't even like whiskey. If I'm out there, I'm going to be pouring a Bud Light on an open wound. <laughs> praying to God it makes it go away. Pouring a freaking WKD blue <laughs> over a paper cut. <laughs> Turns out the lime in my Corona actually stung like shit. Really hurt. <laughs> Especially because it was only a you're paper pouring cut. salt on a wound, licking it, and taking a shot of tequila. <laughs> so confused. <clears throat> well, Lord Carney's death kicks off a media frenzy. Outlets are all, all over the world are reporting that a curse was found in the king's tomb. Absolutely a curse. Now, Carter, as you can imagine, is pissed off. <laughs> you spend all these years searching for this hidden tomb, you finally discover it. And everyone's afraid of it now. Right. Because of the MILF curse, which is ridiculous. So he ensures everyone that this Pharaoh's curse is a load of baloney. And he just continues his work in Egypt. I mean, there's a lot to be done here. You gotta, like, categorize Mm. and move all of these artifacts out of the tomb. It's it's a big project. To prove to you, good people of Britain, (laughs) that the curse is nothing but codswallop, I am going to place my testicles inside... (laughs) The mummy's mouth repeatedly. <laughs> he's taking it so far, he's just really disrespecting Egyptian culture. Just everyone's booing, just that like <laughs> awful crowd, like, oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Once more, down, then up, then down. Because his jaw's been severed by the bagging. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> to prove to you no such curse of the pharaohs exists, I shall now dance naked in this cobra pit with dead mice. Littered around my body. Please do not be seduced. This is a purely educational dance. The Cobra Bite. He's just doing the like stereotypical Egyptian dance. They're like, this is so offensive. The Cobra Bites are many, but the curses are few. (laughs) If such a curse existed, I would be dying right now. But as you can see, I'm alive and well. (laughs) Turning purple. (laughs) Lord Carney would not be the only victim of the curse of the pharaohs. Oh, shit. One year later, his half-brother, Aubrey Herbert, died of blood poisoning. Blood poisoning again? A simple coincidence? Maybe not. Ah. That very same year, George J. Gold, a visitor to the tomb, died after he developed a fever following his trip. That's two more people <coughs> mysteriously dying after being linked That's pretty crazy. to the tomb of the Milf Tutankhamun. A year after that, one of the radiologists who x-rayed Tutankhamun's mummy died from a mysterious illness. The deaths keep coming. Wow. What's going on here? I don't know. And then later on, another one of Carney's half-brothers dies from pneumonia. Jesus. Both of his half-brothers dead. That's only six of the many, many deaths attributed to the curse of the pharaohs. That one's weird because it isn't like arsenic is... I mean, I know arsenic mummy is... Mummy blood. Is <laughs> Yeah. No, that's um, popular. That's a scientific gnome for milf blood. 
<laughs> Milford sounds like the worst seediest bar imaginable. <laughs> so okay, we think we're getting a drink after work at a uh, Milf Blood. Milf Blood. Oh Jesus! They have a great happy hour. <laughs> now Carter, until his death, entirely denied that the curse existed. However, in his diary on May 1926, which of course was around the time he was working in mm-hmm. the tomb, he said. One day he saw jackals in the wild for the first time in over 30 years of working in the desert. Now, these jackals are the same type as Anubis, of who course. is known in Egyptian culture as the guardian of the dead. <gasps> That's pretty creepy. That's weird, isn't it? After 30 years of working in Egypt, and you've uncovered this tomb, and you see jackals out in the wild. That's mm. pretty creepy. I think that's Anubis telling you, you to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> Because you're doing some stuff here you shouldn't have done. I mean, sure, it's weird you're seeing the dogs at this point years after you've entered the tomb. Uh But day one, a cobra ate your bird. I mean, that should be warning enough, right? But it's tough whenever you're raised, you know, in a secular, you know, supposedly scientific rational world. It's like you've been handed all this money to go out to and you've put so many years into it. Also, if a cobra, you know, eats your canary, like, do you just go... I have a bad feeling about this, guys. I'm going back to Yorkshire. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah. Do you call I the understand. whole thing off. The the jackals omen is very yeah. disturbing, but it's also kind of funny because uh, this is part of the problem people have with ancient gods because you read these old books and scriptures, and it's like, you know, one day someone took the name of Anubis in vain, and he struck them down with lightning and five plagues. Yeah. But then in our day and age, it's like, I guess I saw some wild jackals and now I think Anubis might be pissed. Yeah, They've kind of reined it in over time. It, it's not as black and white as the olden days. Yes. If the cobra ate the bird and then turned around and had the face <laughs> of Tutankhamun uh-huh. and said, stay Carter the would- f- away from my, my bed, <laughs> piss off. <laughs> that would be a bit more black and white. <laughs> So look, as I said, there were more deaths attributed to the curse, mm-hmm. but, but personally, I think they're a little bit of a stretch. Okay. I figured I'd read them out anyway. Okay. You know, we like to stay open-minded and uh-huh. present both sides to the case. Of course. So here's just a couple of the other ones attributed to the curse of the pharaohs. Sir Lee Stack, governor general of Sudan, died on the 19th of November, 1924. He was assassinated while driving through Cairo. Okay. <laughs> I feel like there's probably a lot of murders happening in Cairo. Yeah, but he, uh, I guess, went to the tomb mm. or who knows. He was assassinated. Captain Richard Bethel, Carter's personal secretary, mm-hmm. died in 1929 in bed. The victim of a suspected smothering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. By a jackal or some shit. Carter guy isn't so great. Some people even say that Howard Carter's death was part of the pharaoh's curse, mm-hmm. even though he died over a decade later. Skeptics have pointed out that many others who visited the tomb or helped to discover it lived long and happy, healthy lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, a study showed that of these 58 people who were present when the tomb and sarcophagus were opened, only eight died within a dozen years. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to read that bit out, but again... (laughs) And I I, might cut it in the edit. I think I'll cut it in the edit. I think I'll dub over it with some more jackal talk. (laughs) I mentioned the size of the jackals. They were horses. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's interesting, that last bit. I think 
We experienced this with the Curse of the Ice Mummy, which was covered many episodes ago. Exactly. That I think people often make that claim with curses. These statisticians will say, look, people die. There is nothing particularly odd about the number of people that died. Yeah. But what do you think about the rumors of Carter finding a curse slab in the Pharaoh's tomb? I think that's pretty believable. Yeah. It just seems like this was all so shady back then like they were very they were definitely not forthcoming with all of the information definitely not and people were sufficiently freaked out about this that it might have impacted his expedition yeah if people were substantially scared of that's it. a good point even if he did find a curse lab you're gonna deny it because you don't yeah. want to frighten people out of your own work and your own discoveries mm-hmm. yeah it, it's worth noting so uh Right, I think it was right before Lord Carney died. He was the first one to go of the mosquito shaving incident. Mm -hmm. I think it was a popular Sherlock Holmes author wrote a story of essentially, quote unquote, the mummy's curse. Of course. And he dramatized it. So then as soon as that death happened, you know, that just kicked off a whole line of rumors and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. which I think, you know, like all these stories, they get exaggerated over time because they're cool. Yeah, it's cool to say there's a mummy's curse. Exactly, yeah. And now, like, popular fiction has fed into it a lot. I mean, did, did you come across anything about, like... Evidence? Is no. There... <laughs> I was beating around the bush, but thanks for clarifying that. But did anyone propose any biological, like, pathogen models? Because I know people have said in the past, could it be in the same way when European settlers arrived in the new world of North America, right. they just instantly killed like 80% of the population through smallpox and other diseases. Is it possible that they unearthed some sort of ancient disease? Superbug, yeah. yeah. It was talked about and like put forward as a hypothesis to maybe why one or two people have died. Yeah. But also the people that died from this curse allegedly all died from different things. Mm, it's not yeah. like 20 of them just dropped dead from a mysterious illness. Mm-hmm. One guy got sick from a mysterious illness, but he was traveling to Egypt from a foreign country. I'm going to go ahead and assume in those days, half the people made it back. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, because like, think of all the injections you got to get now to go to a country like Egypt yeah. if you're from the UK. I don't like any injections. No. That's why I stay here where I belong. <laughs> Injection free. Uh, I make the mummies come to me. <laughs> Why don't you give the mummy an injection? <laughs> Reanimate that milf. Send him over here, and I'll have a look at him. That's the tagline. <laughs> That's the soundbite preview oh, for this Jesus. podcast. Okay. Reanimating the milf. <laughs> so, I think I can kind of tell from the tone of your voice, but what do you make of this curse? Okay. I think it's fun. I think it's cool. In terms of this, the curse of the mummy, I mean, the more I read up about it, curses were even quite rare in the tombs of pharaohs. Interesting. Like, it's it's something now that's been popularized in fiction, and you'd think that every tomb had a curse mm-hmm. that was like, to ye he bre- breaks this curse. Like, not a lot of them had that at all. Yeah. And ones that did have it uh, would be directed towards people in existing in the Egyptian times. Basically yes. saying, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. don't come, don't break into this building. Yeah, you know, don't not saying from thousand years from now, don't rob this tomb. Yeah, you I know, mean they, that they was like about OG that. security. Yeah, it, like it you was couldn't like, hire someone security to stand there all day long, so you just put on like a little like no trespassing, which is kind of cool. I wish like more places just did that instead of CCTV curses. <laughs> 
<laughs> Absolutely. So instead of like a corner shop on the booze aisle, there's just a sign that's just like, <laughs> Do, doth thou feel tempted by the the liquor of the dead? Kids are just walking out with bottles and bottles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't even look at it. May you be struck down. She's like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. They get two blocks down the street and the owner just releases a, a horde of jackals. <laughs> Chase him down, <laughs> rips him apart. I, I investigated this a lot. I investigated a lot about the curse. I think personally, for me, it's fun, but it's coming down on a no. I think that's fair. Where where do you lie on this? What are your feelings? I think I'm on the same page. I think ancient Egyptians were, were actually pretty clued in. I right. think they were actually onto something at, at some point. With the whole sand, I love it. I love it. The whole it's sand thing. Pretty cool, yeah. Fantastic amazing technology so advanced and ahead of their time and i mean i think we've probably got lots more ancient egyptian stuff to cover on this podcast but to the specific case of the curse of tutankhamun i'm chalking it up to a no that's a double no unfortunately for this episode but hey it's a fun ride right any podcast where i get to go visit the hometown of the half bird half man god ra is a good podcast on my on my in my books. Hell yeah. So unfortunately that's a double no for this week, but thank you very much for tuning in everyone. If you would like to support us, the This Paranormal Life Patreon is live right now for oh, as yeah. little as $3, $2. $2. We got to change it. We're basically giving it away. <laughs> If you want to see pictures of the Pharaoh's tomb, if you want to, you know, we, we did a show notes last week where we gave uh, This Paranormal Life top tips on how to strangle a horse. That's right. Um, I mean, that's borderline classified information mm-hmm. available to you for the small price of $2. Most people have to go to Harvard Business for that. Okay? Yeah, or okay. a farm. And they have to pay. <laughs> and on the farm and at the college, they got to pay 50 grand a year. I'm down 500k, and I've never managed to strangle one of the beasts before. But next time is going to be the one uh, for $5. You get bonus episodes every month. You can get cool shirts like the Praise Ra t-shirt that we have on sale. If you want to keep in touch with us online, on Facebook, we are at This Paranormal Life. On Twitter, we are at This Paralife. And we also have on Facebook our Paranormal Secret Society. Yes, that's right. And I can't believe we're even... Talking about it right, on the podcast. Yeah, sorry about we're that. out of our goddamn minds. We've got to cut this in the edit. We've got yeah. to cut the part where we talk about the Secret Society Facebook group, This yeah. Paranormal Life. Shh. Shh. Cut it from the edit. But yeah. put it, plug it at the start so everyone knows about it. Right, 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 right. right. But shh. Shh. Cut it. Shh. But cut it, though. But keep it in. But also, this episode brought to you by This Paranormal <laughs> Life Secret, Secret society, society. But also, shh. Keep it on the down low. Tell your friends. Mm-hmm. I think that's all for this week. Do we have anything else to say? I just wanted to say. If anyone is uh, annoyed that we are dissing this curse on the podcast, right? Um, the last time we talked about a curse, I think it was the Robert the Doll episode. Um, yeah. I might put this in the show notes, but someone legit cursed Rory. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah, someone actually cursed Someone me. went into a forest and cursed Rory. Mad. What I'm saying is... It doesn't seem to have done shit. No, so it doesn't. bring it on, mummy milf exactly. motherfuckers. <laughs> Since the curse, I've lost five bets. I usually lose 10, 15 min a week. So I'm walking on sunshine. <laughs> Down 20k. <laughs> 
I'm walking on sunshine. This week, I'm up eight houses, down 16. Okay? <laughs> I play for high stakes and I lose high stakes. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Paranormal Life. We will be back next Tuesday with a brand new paranormal tale. Thank you. Hey guys, this is Kit here. I'm just checking in to say a quick thank you to everyone that has pledged on Patreon thus far. We couldn't do it without you and thank you so much for helping support this paranormal life. One of the rewards on our Patreon is that you get a shout out right here on the podcast. So I'm here to shout out everyone who pledged on the day that we launched the podcast on Halloween Day. Uh, Rory uh, actually was supposed to be here to help me. Um, I, I told him we were supposed to do the shoutouts, and he said, um, I think he said, anyone who's dumb enough to pay me money doesn't deserve uh, a minute of my time, something to that effect. And then he actually kind of walked out on the studio um, and just left me here, which is even weirder because it's his house uh and he i mean his like his wallet and keys are literally sitting here so i don't i don't know what he plans on doing um but anyway i'm just gonna crack on and and shout out you guys so thank you so much to andrew adams andrew steen ben syme benjamin france colin thompson daniel meredith daniel monteo jesus david brander david Persglove, felicity ellis ian connolly joshua cabrera Lauren V, Matthew Bain, Matthew Bell, Patrick Bell, Patrick McGrath, Peg McKenzie, Peter Whitehead, Phil Mansfield, Shabazz Syed, Thomas Hannay, and Wayne Norris. Thank you guys so much for pledging your support on Patreon for this podcast. Anyone who pledged back in October and is expecting a physical reward, your items have been sent in the post. For anyone else who has signed up in November, your rewards will be sent on the 1st of December. That's just the way that Patreon works. It charges you guys at the start of the month. If anyone hasn't seen our Patreon, please go to patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife where you can get access to bonus episodes, the show notes blog, and a whole host of physical rewards. Thank you to everyone for all the support so far. Join Tom, Ben, and Dan as they dive into the horror of the real world, unearthing terrifying stories that will make you sick to your stomach. Um, all right, mate, calm down. We're just a few guys talking about some disturbing cases. Well, we don't want to scare anyone off, but we have covered Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Gacy, Jimmy Savile, for this. and then we've also done a bunch of mysteries and conspiracies like John Bonet Ramsey and Area 51. Oof, I could murder a podcast right about now. Check us out at I could murder a podcast. <laughs> All right, mate, get out.